Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, me, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Owl, and I'm here with... Hank Owl. Hank Owl, what's new in your world, buddy? Uh, Marvel movies. I'm really excited for them. We got a new Marvel movie. And in a month, we have Endgame. It's so hard to think that, like, that's the end of, like, this part, I guess, of the franchise. I know I'm jinxing it by saying this, but, like, it feels like they haven't been promoting this that much as far as... But I guess, you know... I, I mean, it feels crazy that it's, like, a month away. I feel like there would, I would be more aware of it. I mean, I'm, I'm about to be, and I'm sure our commercials are about to be filled with it. I mean, after Captain Marvel, they have to get all their Captain Marvel promos out. Yeah, that's true. There have been a decent amount of those. I feel like the energy's not as hyped for this movie. Am I wrong with that? Or what do you think? What, what do you what mean? Your uh, Endgame or Captain Marvel? Captain Marvel. Oh, my God. Clearly, you have not been on the internet. <laughs> what's, what's the internet? Okay, so I'm just I'm just not seeing all the the excitement, but there is some. There's buzz out there. There's way too much, is what I would have said before. Really? Now, what about your your friends that are are they into this? Are they, they excited about previously it? Previously, were really excited, but now become more skeptical. Ooh, why not? Why? Why skeptical? Because of the hype of the over hype. Uh, okay. There's this huge there's this controversy that I've heard about is that like big Marvel fans and like big feminists are five starring on Rotten Tomatoes and other review sites Captain Marvel before they see the movie. Oh uh, really? And then like anti feminists or anti Marvel people are one starring it before they see the movie. That's 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 silly. Right. <laughs> That's, that makes so it's like messing up the authenticity of the reviews. I, that, uh, uh, that it really irritates me that anybody would do that on any side. Um, but what, plus, it's a movie. What? They're not sides. You know, it's a freaking movie. You know, like yeah, some understand. movies mean more than others. I guess. <laughs> True, but I wouldn't think this Marvel comic book hero movie. Would I mean, be it happened with Black Panther. <laughs> what happened? I'm, I'm I'm not aware of these things. I remember when we were going to Black Panther, you talked about people like with like hating it before they see it. And <laughs> there was, I mean, people were. I wonder if we're talking about the same thing too. Like, so a movie comes out that people think is going to have like some kind of like political message involved in it. So the people that would support that political message either do or do not like you know go to rotten tomatoes and give good stars before the movie's even out or the people that are against that political matches either think or say or pretend that that's happening so then they go to the other side to quote balance it out is is that what you're talking about is that kind of the case uh yes but <laughs> what i think is that this both sides are actually doing it for this one and what do we base that on uh, I base that on one uh, things I've heard on the internet, which never tells lies and is totally truthful at all times, and I should believe it always, and I should definitely spread it on to here, where people can also do the same thing I just did. Would do, do you think that our internet and social media problems would be solved if if you were not allowed to be anonymous ever? Or is it also, is it no. not just the identity, but it's no, also just the it distance? It's also the distance, yeah. Whatever. Uh, 
I hate to sound like an old man on this, but like, I, I don't know if this is do positive. You know, do you hate it? I don't I, think you do. I only hate it when my son points it out. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I don't, I'm not sure all of these things were a net gain for our society. But look at us getting deep on this podcast. Okay, <laughs> I completely veered us really off deep, into this. You know, like that deep, really deep stuff, like saying, hey, social media bad? <laughs> you know, deep stuff like that. The thing is, like, nobody's even ever thought of that before. <laughs> like, nobody's ever talked about it. <laughs> what uh, if we were anonymous? <laughs> All right, well, it's something I'm thinking about because I just find my... Yeah, whatever. Anyways, that's not the point of this podcast. The point of this podcast is to listen to me cough. Because because, because with how deep we were going, I would have thought that that was. I know, I know. Uh, Yes. Uh, Is there anything else you would like to say about what's new in your world regarding the Marvel, this new Marvel movie, or Marvel hype in general? Besides... Before I off-tracked us. All right, guys, what I'm about to say, this is going to be shocking. Dad, I never say this. What is it? What's new in your world? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that that is that's pretty funny. Uh, what's new in my world? So it's uh, it's uh, MLS soccer season again here in Atlanta, and that's uh, that's again uh, on topic. Completely, completely on topic, in that it's new in my world. Uh, so you know, Atlanta United won the MLS Cup last year. Pretty amazing accomplishment for second year team. Uh, tons of fun. Those games are great. The team is great. We've lost our best player, uh, Miggy Almarone. Oh, he's now in the uh, English Premier League, playing for Newcastle and doing well so far. Uh, so there's a lot of doubts going into the season because we were champions. We're playing in the Concacaf Champions League, which Can takes. Can you say that again? Concacaf Champions League, and I hope that's right. Could you right. spell that? I cannot spell that. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we play, uh, we were in the, the next round, uh, so we, we got beat really badly last Wednesday, we play again next Wednesday, but our first home opener for the MLS season is this Sunday, so I'm pretty darn excited about that, and that should be a lot of fun, and hopefully we will win, because we lost our opener on the road uh, to DC United, and so we need to rebound. I'm so still, that's new in my world. I'm still cut off on the uh, CONCACAF thing. I'll, I'll give you a C for effort. CONCACAF, CONCACAF, But I think CONCACAF. you should you should, you should, should work on that. I, I might I, sign you up for tutoring. I appreciate that. I could use it. Uh, Hank Owl, what are we talking about today? What is the main... We're not talking about social media. We're not talking about Atlanta United. Well, I thought what we are we ta- really talking about? The meaning of life, right? Outstanding. We've already covered that. I said MLS soccer. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Capitan Marvel. Captain Marvel movie. No, clearly I said Capitan Marvel. You did. You say clearly that. didn't hear it. Right? I, I I heard it. I was ignoring. Put in it. your hearing aids. I was ignoring it, young man. Uh, Captain Marvel, the latest for the Marvel franchise, directed by Anna Boden and Ryan Fleck, a directing team. This is not the first time Marvel's used a directing team, right? They did Civil War was directed by a directing uh, team. The Russo brothers exactly. and Infinity War and yeah. Winter Soldier. So they're, this is something they're used to. Uh, you may remember Anna Boden and Ryan Fleck from the movie Half Nelson, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can also use IMDb. Yeah. Cool. Uh, 12 years ago. So I saw Half Nelson, really liked it, had a friend in it, and uh, it was a good experience for that person. They enjoyed it. Uh, the good directors, they've been doing a lot of TV lately. Uh, so they start come from independent film and television. 
And now they get to direct this big, huge, giant film. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about what we, what we thought of it, Hank. What did, you, what did you think of it? Or how do you want to start our conversation? Um, I'm just going to say that it was better than I expected. Like, a lot better. I'm usually very, like, skeptical of hype. Because I feel like when you overhype something, then it makes it seem better than it is. So I had a low bar for this but it exceeded a lot of it when i'm doing stuff with my hands that you can't see and clearly if you could see them i wouldn't even need to talk they would explain it all for me if you could see them you would know that he really really liked this movie yes uh let's talk Uh, a little bit about the plot for the people who maybe not know about what oh yeah and spoiler alert yeah oh yeah spoilers we're gonna do lots of spoilers here so if you have not seen it yet uh, please go see it first so we don't ruin it for you. Uh, so who is Captain Marvel? Captain Marvel and That's is a hard question. I'm not talking about the comics. Who is Just within the context of this movie. Who is Captain Marvel? We really haven't got to know. Who is Captain Marvel? Uh, Captain Marvel is Carol Danvers, a uh, U.S. Air Force pilot who got in this crash... And then was seen by the Kree, and the Kree kind of brainwashed her mind to be like a soldier. Yeah, I was going to say in the context of like taking us through the movie, really. Because like in the beginning, we don't know who Carol, we never heard of Carol Danvers, or Danvers right? right? We've heard of uh, Veers. Right, we have this, the movie starts this kind of interesting visual, kind of, we don't know what's going on. We see that she has having a nightmare. She goes, uh, she's aboard a spaceship, right? And her, her character is named Verz, right? Veers. Veers. Okay. So Veers, and she's a Cree, and she well, is... Well, she's a human, but... Okay. She's I, a human. Right? I guess if you... Citizenship versus place of birth. Mm, yeah. So she's, so she's dual. She's born, she's a human being, but she's technically, I guess, a Cree by citizenship right and she in the Cree society they have their supreme leader is a computer right yeah it's an ai what's it called supreme intelligence (laughs) alexa i'll be nice to you in the future i promise yeah exactly these are our computer overlords an early taste of it so but the, the that whole thing like it gives her an image right to relate to like when you go have a meeting with the supreme intelligence you're almost downloading this kind of virtual world it has to have an interface and the interface it gave for her was annette benning uh, the actor annette benning uh plays a character but we don't know who this character is and why she is this important in her life that she would be the main influence exactly the only thing we know about her is that during that dream sequence in the very beginning we see her die at the hands of a scroll we don't see that in the very beginning. I think we I do. Don't think. We see her. We see one like frame of her, but we never see her get shot or anything. Oh, I thought we in did. In the first section. I thought we did. That's so I thought we later. recognized her. So she's completely, we have no idea who this Annette Benning uh, character you know, is to, 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 uh, to Brie Larson's character. Brie plays uh, Verse in this, and she's pretty fantastic. Um so then she goes on a mission, right? We go on a mission? Yes. Oh, yes. What happens on the mission? <laughs> what happens? Okay. What happens on the mission is I think they're going to look for the spy, this Kree spy that's in the scrolls. 
But of course, scrolls have already populated that area, and scrolls have the ability to shapeshift. That's and pretty take cool. their DNA, so I can be like, "Hey, I'm Michael Owl. I drink Lacroix while recording podcasts, <laughs> and I don't like social media. I deleted Facebook, but then re-downloaded it after like two weeks." I feel like that uh, example is oddly specific. <laughs> okay, it's so it's a passion thing, right? So they um, keep going. I've lost my train of thought. Um, but the spy they're trying to retrieve turns out actually to be a scroll. So it's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. It is a trap. All right. So in the end of the trap, uh, Bree uh, gets kidnapped Vers. and then Veers gets kidnapped. And they're kind of, and the scrolls on the spaceship are kind of going through her memories to find coordinates yeah now this was an interesting narrative device did you dig this because like so we're seeing images that basically the scrolls are looking at through their computer system through their whatever biological they're in her brain and the audience or in the movie theater we're seeing this with occasional voiceover from the scrolls being like okay you know rewind that a little bit okay go forward enhance I thought it was ch- like jumanji with the cutscenes. I'm going to be completely honest with you. You shouldn't really ask me about my opinion on the beginning of the movie until like the train fight scene because I was completely out of it. What happened? Why? I was I mean, the people... Oh, oh, did we even explain our movie theaters? Two people were on their phones. Two people. Yeah, we two. did have... So one the plus person, one is two. person sitting next to me wasn't that bad. Didn't didn't bother me. Didn't... I mean, took me out for like, uh, you know, a half second. The other person... But you had somebody on your me, right. It took me out for the entire beginning of the movie. Yeah, I, I, I recognized them as a problem. Like, during the trailers, they were like playing some little game on their phone. And I was thinking to myself, oh, I hope they stop playing this game on their phone when the movie starts. And I thought they did. I didn't, I didn't see it or notice it. Uh, but it bothered you. So you were not really present for this first part of the movie? And I could hear like... A person in the back but like i don't know why my ears were all of a sudden heightened but i swear i could hear every breath they made there was a guy because they were also yeah okay so oh this- and my phone was also because it was on silent it's like basically going and i'm part of a group text so it's like shaking and like during the entire beginning section so you can change that setting so when you put your phone on silent it will not vi- vibrate Wait, really? so i recommend doing that for that yeah uh, because because that's yeah that'll take out the story as well. The well, the guy, but wait, back to the guy behind me who's making noise. Like at some point, I thought he was uh, yeah. he might have been sleeping. His breathing was so heavy. It was yeah, like, <laughs> and I turned around to see who it was, and I was just like, oh, that guy's got. We're just gonna leave him be. Oh, yeah, he wasn't there also a guy who like spilled drinks? So every time I like moved my leg, it was like. Oh, yeah, we would say yeah. So why do we go see movies in public? Should we just watch them at home? I don't know. Uh, that was definitely old man talk also. Um, anyways, so... And I think we should make it a so, national law for people to get off my lawn. Okay, so... Vote 2020 for the Lawn so, Removal Act. Uh, the bottom line is, so when Hank starts paying attention, or close to that, <laughs> so, so Verz escapes, and she lands down, and we saw this in the trailer. She crashes through the top of a blockbuster video, and it's very 90s and fun. Um, and that's where kind of she winds up on like M35, the planet we call Earth. Oh, what yeah, happens then? The planet then? we call Earth. Oh, can I, can I bring up another thing which is completely off topic? Go for it. Okay, so with your just line, like a planet 
call we call Earth. Yes. Remember when we were watching the trailers and what was that like rock movie, Fast and Furious in the same universe? Oh, uh, Hobbs um, and Shaw. Yeah, Shaw doesn't Hobbs, play Hobbs. well with others. Yeah, we saw so we yeah saw a trailer to Hobbs and Shaw, and I I'll, I'll just be you know by baggage up front. I've never seen any of the Fast and Furious movies. I have no desire to see any of the Fast and Furious movies. They may be wonderful. And if I have a hundred people tell me they're wonderful, I'll, then fine, I'll watch one. But this was that. And that was one of the lines, you know, in the trailer was like, yeah, you know, you know about Hobbs or Shaw, whichever one it was. He doesn't play well with others. And it was just. I think a, it was doing satire, though, because they I both said like he, action movie lines beforehand. Yeah, but like there was no I didn't see any evidence of any kind of winking at the audience of like this is the end joke and this is gonna be the thing and so I don't know. It looked pretty bad to me. But anyways, we are digressing big time even more. So she's on planet Earth, and this is this is the first this is actually the first point that I did actually want to talk about. Because I think this was a very wise choice by the screenwriters on this. She's new to Earth, Shield comes in to investigate, and instead of her being this uh, kind of fish out of water environment, like oh, I'm new to the planet. This is my How first mission. How do I work in elevator? Yeah, I don't know what's going on, you know. And she, instead, she is amazingly direct, on it, intelligent, smart in dealing with uh, Samuel L. Jackson and everyone else at Shield. She's extremely competent, and that was just a great choice. Instead of playing this, I'm an alien on a new planet and I don't know what's up, because uh, that would have been a very, very different movie. And I thought Brie Larson does an excellent job of just being competent, charming, and funny, uh, which is not necessarily easy to do. So I think that was a really, really good choice on their part. So what happens uh, next? She's down on the planet, and what's so? What are we? What are we? What is she supposed to be doing there? She's escaped. What's the point? What's the next thing? Well, she's given orders when she's talking to her boss, who becomes the villain of the movie eventually. And was I really? I'm so enough? glad we brought that up right now. Yeah, her boss, so Jude Law, who starts off as her friend and like kind of trainer and mentor uh, figure. Uh, and then, like I said, perfectly reasonably, she <laughs> becomes the villain of the movie. <laughs> oh yeah, and then I should continue talking. That's a good idea. And and so she's talking to Jude Law. <laughs> Would you like to continue? No, I want you to continue. She's talking to Jude Law's character, and she's told to stay put, but the operator of, like, the payphone and stuff, like, doesn't let them continue talking. So she's supposed to just stay put. There are Cree, not Cree here, but there are scrolls. Scrolls here, again, who are shapeshifters, and they are trying to do... At this point in the movie, what do we think they're doing? They're invading Earth? We think they are invading earth yes to have control of earth because they're evil evil alien okay because this movie does place in the 1990s there is some cgi being used in certain areas one of those areas was with samuel l jackson he looks much much younger than he does in real life right now right like marvel's so good at that too like an ant-man and the wasp when they did those flashback scenes with like the same actors like you could look like 20 years younger yeah, and it's still not be able to use a phone. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's pretty. It's pretty impressive, actually, with the the good job that they did on that. Uh, okay, so what's the next kind of big shift? When this scroll attacks them, 
in a group, and then so Captain Marvel, using Captain Marvel abilities, goes after that scroll when Nick Fury and Agent Coulson are good in their car to go after them, and they end up on a train. Yeah, so this is kind of the first big action set piece, really, uh, or at least the first one on Earth, is that they're on like an elevated subway car, and Verz is trying to find the scroll. Okay, if uh, the people listening are like me, it's Veers. Oh, did I do that again? It's, you've done that since I just the asked if I did it again. You don't okay. need to rub it in. Yes. Okay. Yes. And uh, for just me, I don't know if anyone else is like that, but every time you said Veers, someone was like cutting like a scar into my arm. Yes, I understand it's the worst thing that has ever happened to anybody in the history of the world having to listen to me mispronounce that. However, it may happen again. Veers, veers, Continue veers, telling veers. the story calf, of what happens. <laughs> so they're fighting on the train, and the scroll takes this form of this old lady. And there's this cool fight between the old... Because the scroll is shape-shifting into a bunch of different people. Uh, while Captain Marvel is finding them. And all while you see Nick Fury and Agent Coulson drive after them. And then, basically, after the fight scene's over, you find out that Agent Coulson, basically they get a call of Agent Coulson still at the blockbuster video, and we find out that the Agent Coulson with Nick Fury is actually a scroll. Right, so let's take just a little pause here and talk about Coulson in this movie, at least in this part of it. It was pretty cool seeing him because he, when they first pulled up on the blockbuster video to investigate, you hear a uh, conversation basically saying, send the rookie into blockbuster video. So this is like Coulson is a rookie with S.H.I.E.L.D., which is, which is kind of a cool, I don't know, it just felt kind of cool to have that in there to see his beginning a little bit. And if you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., then you can really get like the full Coulson... That's really, really true. Thing. And I, I did not continue watching that. Like, But the last season, I watched part of it, and part of it involves him going to space and dealing with the Kree. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that was, I showed nice you that. I, want, I can't believe I never finished that. I started watching that in Florida and then never stopped. Yeah, I did I mean, then I said it and then never stopped. I knew what you meant, though. So did the audience. Um, so what is the next big thing? So Bree escapes. The, the scroll it goes away, right? I, yeah. I said Brie this time. Yeah, I, know. Using, I don't know which don't one it is. Doesn't you. matter. Don't say it. Uh, so she escapes on a motorcycle, and what, Samuel L. Jackson is trying to find her, right? Or what's going on? Uh, Samuel Jackson is trying to find her because Sam, he's seen the scrolls, and he wants to find out more about the Kree, this alien race. Oh, that's right. And they, also, he kills she's broken a, scroll, a bunch right? of laws too. Yeah, and so yeah, he, he kills, knows the scrolls are real. Now, he right? kills Coulson scroll. Oh, that's right. It's because the scroll that was... You know, that also harms his eye. What happens there? I don't know what you're talking In about. In the battle with the scroll, it harms his eye. Oh, is that important? I would say it is because Nick Fury wears an eye patch, and that's the first oh, so detriment little... of damage to it. So is that foreshadowing? Is that a hint of things to come, perhaps? Uh, yes, so just foreshadowing. That's kind of exciting. See. That's right. <laughs> So so Nick My and, and Bree so Nick and Bree ended up getting together, becoming a team, and they are trying to find so Bree's trying to figure out who this person is that you know her memory is, right? Yes. And Nick is trying to do what? 
Uh, Nick right now is basically trying to catch her, but then they end up meeting up and then teaming up together. Yeah. And I called him Nick, but does anybody really call him Nick? <laughs> oh, yeah. They make a point that everyone calls him Fury. His wife calls him Fury. Yeah. His family calls him, mother calls him Fury. So Wait, his name Nick is Fury definitely Fury, and they set that up pretty nicely and amusingly. Let's talk about a little bit of the rapport between Fury and Captain Marvel. Um, pretty great, right? So there, I mean, it was definitely kind of a buddy cop kind of feel, right? They were like, they were definitely um, chemistry and friendship and humor. The writing was fun. Uh, their relationship was fun. They were real too, and they were like real people. Yeah. So eventually, they find this basically secret military NASA military facility. And to where, because Brie Lawson's character, she wants to find out who this person was, this old Annette Benning character. Who is this person to her? And they start to find out a little bit about it. Uh, they get some hints at a bar, and they realize that they knew each other. And through the flashbacks in the beginning kind of dream sequence, we realize that they even worked together. And it appears that Brie Larson is a pilot, working with Annette Benning, who is also a pilot and a scientist. And what she was been developing is this new energy and engine for light speed travel. Is that correct? Yes. And that's what the scrolls want, right? That's what, that's what we think they want. They're trying to find that. That's why they're attacking, right? They're yes. attacking Earth to try to find this. They're trying to find this, yeah, the light speed thing to improve their travel and power. Right, so so Brie Larson's character and Samuel L. Jackson's character, they're going into this facility. They're trying to f- go into the records room, and they're trying to figure out, you know, through the records, who is, who 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 Annette Benning is and what's been going on. Now, at this point, they meet another main character uh, in the movie. This character has four legs, is orange, and weighs about five pounds. Who's that character? Uh. So I believe he's played by Ben Mendelsohn. (laughs) (laughs) It's the cat. It's the cat. The best, clearly the best character in this entire movie. Yeah. So may I say the entire franchise, the trailers have been, you know, you see this beautiful old tabby cat. And uh, so, yeah, the tabby cat's actually in the movie and it's following him around. It's pretty fun to see fury, you know, big, tough, the spy of all spies. You know, giving goo goo voices to the cat and like <laughs> you petting the cute cat you know, with the cute kitty. <laughs> you know, so that's that's kind of cool. Um, eventually, however, they are found out and they have to escape. The again, the cool thing about the scrolls having them as the enemy and they can be shape shifters is you never really fully trust anyone. Uh, there's codes that are given among the Cree, you know, to. Uh, to say, like, hey, this is actually Michael Owl, you know, I'm XJ47927, and the other person would have a number that they could say, too, and it's like, okay, so you know I'm really who I am. Yeah, but remember the scroll also copied that, too. That's right. It's recent memories. So what do they do if those codes aren't working? They ask each other personal questions, right? Yes. So they kind of do a test and ask them if you can come up with things from your past, your further past, because the way the scroll... um, you know, body doubling works is they only get like the most recent memories. So there's some fun they have with some, you know, mistaken identity involved in this. But eventually, Samuel L. Jackson and Brie Larson hop in a cool jet and fly away, correct? Yes. They hop in some kind of, I think actually it's the first model of the Quinjet. 
Oh, that is that true? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. That's cool. Because, you know, they're slammed everything from Marvel's origin story into this movie. Right. There really is so many little cookies and little, um, just fun little teasers uh, for this film. <laughs> and while they're in the records department, they realize that the last person to see them alive is uh, this woman's name, who I forget. Um, Mario Rambo. Rambo there we go. is the last name. Maria so they Rambo. get her last, they get an address for her, and they take off in this jet, and they go see her at her kind of farm in Louisiana. Oh, the jet is the Quinjet, too. That is the Quinjet. That's pretty cool. Uh, so that's kind of like, so we've had like action scene, action scene, investigation, and then now we kind of enter this kind of period of quiet. And this is a really cool kind of uh, set piece in that you see... Uh, this old, uh, basically, uh, uh, you know, a reacquainting of old best friends and uh, kind of work partners. Uh, so tell, yeah, tell me a little bit about Rambo. Rambo has been worked with the and the Air Force at the same t- time as Carol did. Who's Carol? Carol Danvers, Veers, oh, or okay. Bree Lawson, as you continue to say, Bree Larson, I think, right? Oh, I don't know. Am I making that mistake also? Yes, you have been. I don't care what anybody says about this movie, Captain America. I love it. <laughs> All right. So, so here at this thing, they she learns a little bit about her past. Uh, yeah. I uh, the daughter Monica Rambo, her daughter, uh, shows them through this like, box of old stuff that was Carol's, and they find the black... Oh, no. Um, and they find this... Uh, the one thing that survived the crash is, like, this tag, like, her name tag. Yeah, it's like a military dog tag. And it says V-E-R-S for Veers, <laughs> not Vers, as someone says. So this is the point in the movie where uh, Carol <laughs> learns that she actually is Carol... And that basically we learned that six years ago, she was working with, um, Annette Benning. Annette Benning. And the character, character whose farm they're at, who you just said, I've already forgotten, Amber. Maria Rambo. Maria Rambo. <laughs> Golly, y'all. The next podcast will be better, I promise. <laughs> will it though? Will it? Yes, it will. I will, I will try to learn people's names. And take better notes. Um, so she learns that six years ago, they're all working in this facility. Women were not allowed to be fighter pilots then. So they're working on this new plane that Annette Benning character is designing. And they are taking it for a test drive. And Annette Benning, we learned through this flashback, you know, that this cool invention that she's Well, no, making, they're not taking it for a test drive. Um, okay, what are they doing? Uh, they're trying to find... Uh, Annette Benning's like laboratory, but it was covered. No, I'm up talking about during the flashback. So Annette Benning's in the plane with Carol. Yeah, I know. And they're looking for her laboratory. <laughs> yes. Doesn't Carol know where her laboratory is? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, not in the Carol, but doesn't Annette Benning's character? No, know but where they're her going is? to it. They're not trying to find it. They're going to it. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. So that's a big important distinction. <laughs> Instead of the government covered it up as a test drive, as a test. Okay. Believing the government here on this podcast. Okay, so they are. Well, if that's the case, 
Well, this, that's a question now. So if that th- if they are driving to space to go to her laboratory, why do they then have to retrofit that plane to go into space later? Because just later in that whole scene in the cabin, I'm getting ahead of ourselves. But but I'm serious. Like, so why that doesn't well, make any sense? Well, the plane Carol and Fury are using is not the same plane that they were that Annette Benning and Carol were using to go to space. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I am not the smartest person in the world. And not only that, I may I may not even be the second smartest person in the world. All right, yeah, so I am I am I think I saw this movie, but maybe I didn't. All right, Hank, take us home, man. This has been going on too long. Home, we got a lot. We're like halfway through the movie. Let's speed it up, man. And we said we were gonna give like five minute recaps of it. Who said that? When? Remember like in the beginning we were like well, we'll talk about it, but first, let's give a recap of what happened. Should we? We should start this all over, shouldn't we? No. Okay. <laughs> all right. Keep going. Okay. So eventually, we find out that the scrolls are actually there on their cabin, and that's why right, the doorbell rings. And it's a neighbor. We think it's a neighbor. It might not be a neighbor. Scrolls can look like anything. But it actually was the neighbor. Yeah, that's true. And then the scrolls come in from like the back door, I guess. He just happens to be in the house. Yeah, they followed him there or they found him there and they kidnapped they they grabbed the daughter. They grabbed the daughter. And so they actually talk to the scrolls and find out that the scrolls are actually refugees and not some kind of warrior civilization. That's right. There's been and a long time war Krees, between the Kree and the Scrolls, correct? Yes, and that the Krees are actually the villain. And the Scroll head dude, played by Ben Mendelsohn, who's really good in this, he's saying, hey, we don't want like world domination or universe domination, or we don't even care about the Krees, but defeating them, we just want to go our own way and peace and go like have a whole way. little, have their own little place to live in the universe, right? Yes. And why do they believe this? Because it sounds like a likely story. I don't trust you, Scroll. Uh, they believe this because the Scroll shows him the black box from the pla- the space plane <laughs> that Carol and Annette Benning's character were flying in. That's right. And we actually see this in a flashback. And we see the plane be attacked. We see it crash. We see... Uh, in in a scene that is you know reminiscent of and kind of copied from the very beginning, we see Annette Benning's character stand up, and we well maybe we didn't see it earlier, but we see her get shot now, and we did see it earlier at some point because we get, the first time we see it she gets shot and we see a scroll shoot her, and that's from uh, uh, you know Carol's memory. Thing. Yes, that was tampered by by the Cree. Exactly, we don't know that at the time. This time when we see Annette Benning get shot, it's Jude Law shooting her, the Cree, who was Carol's mentor. And that was a cool twist. I dig I dug that. So by the end of this cabin sequence, we've now realized the Cree found Carol and the crash, took her back to Cree Land. <laughs> I know Holla. Holla, nice. Holla. Holla. <laughs> <laughs> We're awful. <laughs> Just terrible. Um, so they take her back there. Us. They give her memories. They 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 pretend she has this different identity, and they um, we know that the 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 scroll 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 is that right? 
Is that right? Yes, yes, yes. That they want to be left in peace. And so that's kind of where we are at the end of it. So basically, they retrofit this uh, plane, Quinjet, to go to space because they're looking for the lab. The lab that Annette Benning's character... Where she developed this new developed energy, the, yes. this new engine and energy and playing. And part of that, what happened... Okay, I'm getting ahead of ourselves again. Too. All right, oh, so no. we're, going, we're going to space, guys. Oh, yeah, and the cat is here this entire time. Oh, yeah, the cat. And there's been much more fun playing with the cat and cat cutaways and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, but the cat is for some reason being called the Flurkin. Oh, that's right. The scroll... The scroll are they're they're scared of the cat and they don't they're basically like why do you have this was a flurkin flurkin why do you have this flurkin in the house like who would keep a flurkin in the house and all the <laughs> earthlings are like what are you talking about it's not a flurkin it's a cat um, so that's that's kind of pretty fun the fact that the scroll are scared of the cat is pretty fun yeah so they're going up to find the laboratory and when they finally get there they find the laboratory has all the people on there, all these scrolls, all these scroll refugees. But way more importantly than pff, human interaction, um, we find the energy source, which happens to be the Tesseract, which brings up a whole bunch of questions. And you may remember the Tesseract from such films as Captain uh, America. <laughs> Cap Avengers. I mean, Cap Avengers. <laughs> um... All the Infinity Stones. Yeah, it's one of the Infinity Stones. So the uh, Infinity Stones have popped back up. I, I keep wanting to make the cabin jokes from earlier. The Tesseract from movies like Avengers, Infinity Cabin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <coughs> All right. You have no idea what we're talking about, but it's fine. It's really not. <laughs> <laughs> We both love this movie. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So you've seen you've seen the movie. <coughs> Let's talk about the things that we loved about this movie. Do you have something, Hank? We love. I definitely love the Flurkin uh, comedy because we actually found out that the Flurkin is actually not a cat. It's a Flurkin. Yeah. The whole time. That's like tentacle monster that eats the Tesseract. Yeah. These huge long tentacles come out of the cat's mouth and like can destroy things and grab things and and. And beat up people. And, and now they, I'm worried that our cats are going to eat us. And that's right. They, they, right now they're luckily asleep. Uh, so the whole time you think is, you know, I love the fact that we think it's just this like language problem. Like, oh, it's a flurkin. You know, no, it's a cat. But no, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's actually flurkin. High threat. Just like human male. Low to no threat. Right. That was a great moment. So I loved, like, I love the flurkin too. I loved the kind of the, the penultimate or the, cli- the climax really of. I love the fact that they set up in earlier flashbacks that we didn't even mention in our recap, by the way, which is why we should never recap. There's just too much. Um, I love that we see her in some flashbacks or in her like vague memories or she can't figure out her falling down. You know, she she falls down while playing like baseball. She wrecks a car in a go-kart race. She thinks she fall off a horse. Maybe she falls off a horse. Bottom line, we see oh, her like as a military kid. like climbing up and falls down That's right. on the rope. Uh, like basic training. We see, her, we see her fail a bunch of darn times in it and in each of these flashbacks. And then at the very key moment, the very final battle between the mentor, Jude Law, and Carol, like we see her 
get attacked and knocked down, and then we see her get back up, and they replayed those flashbacks showing the rest of them, showing how she had gotten back up, you know, many times as a kid. And I just love that message, and I thought that was poetically done. I thought that was beautiful. I thought that really worked. I think you're not as big a fan of it as I was, but you still liked it a little bit, right? Yeah, I still liked it a, li- a little bit, but part of it seemed, I don't know, too obvious. It does to me in like, retrospect. I wish there was some... I didn't, did you see it coming? Uh, yes, because some of those shots were shown in the trailer. Ah, stupid trailers. I did not see that. I did not see it coming like that, and I thought it went really well. Also, I feel like I wanted like a reason that she was having those flashbacks, and I think part of me's thinking now, like if the if like the Cree like got into her head and said, "These were all the times you failed," I would be more mad at it than uh, what would, it actually was. Oh, that'd be much more angry. Yeah, because that would be that'd be really on the nose. But we saw those flashbacks when they were investigating her, trying to figure out what she knew. Like those that happened organically. In the beginning of the film, when we first see these things, so, so I, that didn't that didn't bother me. Yeah, that that bothered me a little bit. Okay, well, how did you feel about the um, the fact that it was the tesseract as this I energy thing? Was a little bit confused because now I'm kind of put kind of trying to piece piece together the tesseract timeline. Like yeah, it goes let's talk about that like in a little bit, maybe. Norse mythology to like World War Two, and then all of a sudden it's in this space instead of dropped in the ocean to be picked up in like Avengers times. It was somehow on this Cree spaceship. Yeah, tracing the location of the Tesseract from like World War Two all throughout the series would be. I mean, I'm not sure I follow all of it either. And know exactly where it was. Or and now, happened. like, with the end credit scene, it's on uh, Fury's desk. How does it get from Fury's desk to the bottom of the ocean to get picked up by the Avengers? Yeah, I don't know. That I don't... Yeah, that's... that. Right. You're absolutely right. I don't know what how that makes sense. Uh, what about, how about the acting in this film? Did you enjoy acting it? Acting was amazing. What did you think of Brie Larson actor- as a superhero character? Oh, yeah. She's amazing. Yeah, she was great. Um... Yeah, I just I like how they played her. I like the character a ton. Fury was awesome. Coulson, awesome. Um, Jude Law was great too. Then again, there, ben Mendelsohn was great as Scrolly McScrollerson. Scroll, scroll. Exactly. Oh, oh, no. Lashana oh, no. Lynch was great. She didn't have a lot to do as the best friend, but what she did, she did well. So yeah, acting was great. Uh, writing I thought was really great. Uh, I liked how it looked visually. I thought it was interesting and good. Special effects were good. Cat was good. Oh, the cat was like, oh, oh no. The flurkin. It's awake. All right. Is there anything else you really loved about the movie? Uh, besides the entirety of it? No. What were some other Easter eggs in here that let's talk about? Or do you uh, want to talk about the end credit scenes first and then include those in the Easter eggs? Uh, yeah. Let's just start about the uh, end credit scene. We got to see part of Endgame. Well, not part of Endgame, but part of the modern verse. The mo- part of uh, the modern what's going on in the MCU. That's right. So earlier in the film, they had set up the whole pager thing. Oh, yeah. When they were at the, the uh, secret facility. And so there's some pager jokes kind of thing. But, you know, oh, yeah. And if you want to hear about the secret facility, go like three hours back into our recap. You should find it. That's about right. <laughs> so, yeah, they set up the pager as Nick Fury uses it to like call S.H.I.E.L.D. back to capture her. Which I now realize we also didn't talk about that in the recap. Yeah, that's why we can't recap. There's too much. 
<laughs> All right, uh, but point. So the end credit but, scene. Where 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 are we? What's going on? Who do we see? We are at like the Avengers base with Captain America, um, Hulk or Bruce Banner, Black Widow. Don't you love how I say we're not going to recap and then I just ask you to recap the end credit scene? <laughs> so the point is, we thought of the end credit scene where we see them, you know, looking at all these missing people, and the pager is set up in this kind of thing. They've been trying to extract probably the signal, where it was coming from, where it's going, what's going on with it, and then it stops working, the pager, and then they're like, you know, is it, was it uh, Scarlett Johansson's character? Uh, Black Widow. That's right, Black Widow. And she's like, you know, I want to know who... Who you thought was played by the same person that played Mary Poppins and Mary Poppins Returns. I just feel like people don't need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> we were watching that. But let's continue now. Okay. It's already can three I, hours long. Keep going. Can I please tell this story? Sure. It's so funny. So we were watching the end game. <laughs> we were watching the end game. We've spent like six more hours trying to get this done um, uh, so we're watching the trailer and she sees black widow with like the white hair he sees black widow with like the white hair he's like is that what what actress plays mary poppins returns and i have no confidence in my ability to name any actress ever. no <laughs> but like i just i'm gonna throw in a random name like is that jody whitaker <laughs> like no we've been watching these movies for like six years and she's been in almost every one we've watched you I, should know who she I think is I had a, uh, a fingerprint on my 3d glasses that's my <laughs> excuse <laughs> anyway so she shows up and it's her it's captain, captain marvel. marvel so we see her and her hair is longer times pass um, and she says, looks war torn you could feel the war tornness of it oh did she i didn't notice that yeah. She just look kind of beat up? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. All right. So, boom. That's exciting. It's and exciting asked, to have where's her. Where's Nick and, Fury? And that's what oh, she just say Nick just probably just said Fury. Oh, yeah. Where's Fury? Where's Fury? And then we're like, and then we're like, well, it's going to take a while to explain this. So, there's this thing called World War II. <laughs> and this guy named Red Skull. So, he found this thing you called the You know what the they Tesseract. should do is probably just have her listen to this podcast and she'd be all caught up. <laughs> We should do one where we try to recap all the MCU movies in 45 minutes. I don't think we hate the world that much, do we? <laughs> okay, so that was the first in credit scene. And the cool, it, the whole audience, including us, were like, we're giddy and excitement and clapping. Like, it's everybody's like, let's go watch the movie now. Yeah. Uh, at least I was. I was very pumped up and excited. It was very cool. Uh, but there's not one in credit scene. There well, two. technically, it was a mid credit scene, the one we were just talking about, the technical terms. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Gray hairs being added to me moment by moment in this podcast. I will not make a comment on how your hair looks. <laughs> uh, but we get to see the cat, the flurkin. Actually, don't let me miss say it. That's right. The flurkin on Fury's desk that like coughs up like a cat. You get to see the whole. Yeah, uh, the cat's uh, like you know do the false you know the the you know uh, coughing up a hairball yeah. the, the pre hairball like first <laughs> movements and then the first coughing and what does she cough up? The tesseract. Yay! And really? Do you assume the cat was a she? For too long 
have dogs been associated with males and cats being associated with females? That's a good point. Cats can be males too, and dogs can be females too. That is absolutely correct. What did we decide to give it for the uh, for our? Oh, we didn't decide out of five. what we're gonna rate it with. So out of all the things we did. So what are our possibilities? We got we could test racks. We could do cats. Cats. Florkins. We could do Florkins. Florkins. It's Florkins. It's we Florkins. could. I don't know. Let's explore this. We could. Uh, what else could we do? Dog tags. We could do. Sorry, I didn't hear you once you said Florkins. All right, we're doing Florkins. Yes, we're doing Florkins. Okay, so out of out of five Florkins. 4.1 I thought about this before 4.1 nice that's good so we wanted a little bit above the 4 range alright you know I'm going to stay I'm going to say 4 Florkins I'm going to go with 4 solid I thought you were supposed to be the flurkins. positive one here I am positive you really didn't think it deserves your 1 tenth jeez dad uh, so we both loved it if you're still listening what's Which- wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> but thank you uh, our next podcast, I don't know what it's going to be on. we got to see. There's a museum exhibit that I want to see. We could do that. And I'm sure there's some more could do movies I'm coming sure up. there's another movie we could try to recap all of. So, yeah. So, we'll work on our uh, our uh, plan for our recaps. A little bit better or not doing them. But uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. What are you reading? Hank oh, Cowell? yeah. We got to hold another. <laughs> what are we doing? Well, we rate the movie, then we talk about what we're reading. So I'm we're doing reading that. U.S. indigenous pe- the, the the entire history of the U.S. You're still reading the indig- <laughs> It's not like it's five thousand words per page or anything. I'm still reading the Michael Conley book with the uh, new because uh, we did just record our last podcast two days ago. <laughs> That's right. Um, so cool. So hopefully y'all are seeing stuff, reading stuff. If you've seen the movie and listen to the podcast, uh, then, shoot us an email. Let me know what you think. Clearly. Info <laughs> at Uh Anything else to say, Hank Allen, before we depart? I would like to recap all of Avengers Infinity War. Can we do that? <laughs> yes, but not on... We can, we can just not record it. <laughs> <laughs> we should... That'd be so awesome. We should just have a thing where we try to recap the entirety of the MCU in chronological order. I feel like the... Uh, you're familiar with the show Drunk History? Oh, yeah. We should do that. We so should this do is, that. We could just be the owls, like, sober recap. And <laughs> still have, have, have bear no resemblance whatsoever to the actual films and movies that we claim to be talking about. <laughs> All right. So, speaking of ratings without seeing it, that's what you probably thought we were doing with yeah. our limited understanding of. It's like these guys haven't even seen the movie. They, All right. They can't even spell V V E R correctly. They can't <laughs> pronounce that. Oh, come on. Verse is my favorite character. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Owl, Hank Owl signing off. Yeah. We will uh, yeah. talk to y'all soon. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Cerzier and Antoine Harat. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com, where you can read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the Flock email, a twice-a-month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, a short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening.